Welcome to the Product Boss Podcast, where we help product-based businesses grow their sales and improve their strategies. Hey, everyone. I want to introduce you to my co-host and biz bestie, Mina Kunlo-Sita, an Amazon guru that has built a multi-six-figure product-based business. And introducing the other half of the product boss, Jacqueline Snyder. She has helped launch and grow over 500 fashion apparel and accessory brands, even one of her own. And together, we share our inventory of secret weapons that will help you dig deep and do the work it takes. Are you ready? Let's build together. Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Product Boss Podcast. I'm your host, Jacqueline Snyder, with the wonderfully talented Mina Kunlo Sitep. Hey, Mina. Hey, Jacqueline. So, today we want to share with you the top 10 list of transformations we have seen with our clients that have worked directly with us, especially the clients that have been a part of our mastermind program. We are launching the holiday to halo program starting in September doors will be closing soon. So if you have not applied to be in it yet, go ahead and apply. If you think that this is something that would work for you and your business, and there is a link below, but we have just, we've been chatting and following our our clients on social media and in our Facebook group. And they, they still text us, um, about the really amazing things that they're doing. And we've just been so impressed at these transformations and their growth and their successes that we wanted to share it with our listeners as well. Yeah, this is a really fun look back at all the transformations we've seen, the pivots, the action taking and what they've accomplished. I mean, these are all go-getters that have really done well and they've really done well together. And everyone's, you know, everyone's opinion of doing well is different. And so all of these accomplishments that we're going to talk about, you know, each one of them were huge wins that really transformed our clients' lives, um, their quality of life or their business. So sometimes it's not just about making, you know, more sales. Sometimes it's about finding balance or having, you know, more time at home with your family or out with your friends or being able to take a vacation. And sometimes it's about digging in deep and doing the work that it takes to build this business for you. So it kind of goes across the board at all these different wins and transformations. And so we wanted to start with the first one. So the first major transformation that we have seen with our clients that have been a part of our mastermind program is outsourcing. So outsourcing could either be that they've hired an employee, they've hired home help, or they've actually taken some of the work off of their plate and they've outsourced and found themselves a manufacturer. Yeah. Um, a lot of the times when you're outsourcing, whether it be, let's say home help or, um, in your business, you get more clear on what everybody's role is. And I think that's what really sets the difference. Uh, we saw, we've seen this a lot. Don't you think Jacqueline with people who are partners, um, nobody knows what the other person's role is. And, you know, even with me, I work with my husband. I always say my role is front of the company and his is back of the company. So he does all the behind the scenes stuff. I do all the strategic looking ahead and the roles kind of fall into that. And then we outsource the rest, you know? So I think that even if you're outsourcing, whether it be daycare or any of that, you just get more clear on what people's roles are and that's what makes the difference. Yeah, it's really important because especially in partnerships or even like a marriage partnership or you're, you're <laughs> right, I'm your, the boss. <laughs> yeah, who's the boss and what part? 
Um, you, you do want to clearly define because I have, I actually have a client that was recently asking if they should take on a partner, um, for equity in the business. And the, the question back was, well, do you need a partner? Are they supplying or giving you enough that, that you need to bring on that partner? So some really cool, uh, like transformations that we've seen in our clients' businesses. One of our clients, it was actually a husband wife partnership and they actually hired a full-time employee that is now sort of helping manage parts of the business where the, one of our, uh, the, the creative in the business is the wife and she's able to really focus on being creative. Her husband handles the business part and then there's their assistant that handles the go between. We also had a client that was waking up at three in the morning every morning because her business was booming, like so big and she was making it on her own. And she, we helped her identify the fact that she loves to make her product. So why would we take something that brings her joy away? So it was like, okay, if you want to spend time making the product, then let's find you a way of freeing up your time. And so she was able to hire home help. So someone to help her with her kids sometimes, you know, during the week. And some people have hired virtual assistants. Some people have hired sales reps to really kind of grow their business. Some of them have actually hired us as their consultants. And that has also helped kind of boom their business. The fact that they were able to make that investment into an expert to grow their business and help minimize their mistakes and to really kind of watch out for them. Because I think that's one of the things that we say is that we help fast track you and we help connect you and we help kind of, we help minimize the mistakes you might make on your own. Yeah. A lot of people we connect with website stuff because we haven't come across a client yet that their strength has been website. (laughs) Same with us, right? So we connect them with the right website person that can really take a template and customize it and make it exactly what they want to scale. And that's through Shopify. Usually it could be through other things. We've connected them with the right people so then they can work within their budget. Um, Also, we've connected people with social media because even if you love to do something, if you're not doing it with intention or strategy, you might not be getting the, you know, the ROI of putting your time into it. So we connected them with the right people to see if it's worth their time or not and if it's worth outsourcing it. Yeah, we've also, there's another client that we've connected to a sales rep that's like an expert at a uh, hot look and like flash deal sites. And so between Mina and I and our, in our community and our connections and being in the business, we've been, we have been able to offer connections and help clients outsource as well as watching them sort of grow their business internally. So the next transformation that we've seen this might have been, should have been number one, but it's number two, is that we've seen our clients quit their day jobs. They are full-time product bosses. They have grown their business enough that they are able to fully commit to this new business and let go of their day job, which I think is the hashtag goal for anyone that's sort of balancing between the two that right now your product-based business is maybe your side hustle that you'd like it to take over and be your full-time business and help support your family and live the life you've imagined. Yeah, I think this is especially important for people to have a coach or mentor when this is your objective is to quit your day job because you need an exit strategy. You need to know your numbers. You almost need someone who is externally looking in on you to tell you what you need to do to exit your job because it's so emotional. You want to get out of there so badly that sometimes your numbers aren't aligning correctly or they're not 
where they should be for cutting things out or smoothing out a process that you are just going on um, those fumes of just wanting to get out of there so badly. I think also the support of knowing it's okay. Cause if you're telling family, you know, maybe your parents or a friend and you're like, Hey, I'm going to quit this corporate job to do this other thing. They're like, okay, are you nuts? You know, cause not everyone lives that entrepreneur lifestyle or has the belief or the faith that this is going to work. And coming from two women, us that have done this for over a decade each that we've been our own entrepreneurs and we've been able to support our families or contribute majorly to our families. This is not a side hustle where Amina's husband and her, they're partners in this, you know? Um, so it supports their family. And so we're able to say it's, you can take the risk. The worst thing that's ever going to happen is that you had a career and you'll go back to your career if you really need to. But most of the time people are able to maintain these businesses and just keep growing them. Because if you're at that point that you can leave it, there's probably a lot of momentum happening behind your business. And we want to make sure that you're minimizing those mistakes and costly mistakes so that you can keep funding this business. Yeah. You want to get to the point where, um, like Jacqueline and our, and I are right now where you're pretty unemployable. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> That's when you know that you're on the right track, that nobody will hire you because you won't be listening to anybody. <laughs> Well, my worst days back in the day with my business, I used to cry to my husband. I'm like, I might have to get a full-time job, but I don't think anyone will want me. And he's like, what do you mean? You're trained. I'm like, I've been doing this for so long. They don't even know where to put me, you know? <laughs> yeah. And so quitting your day job is such a huge, big deal. I feel like the question that I get all the time, you know, from people who are outside of it and don't really know what it's like to be an entrepreneur is, what does your husband say? <laughs> <laughs> is your husband supportive? I mean, really, I roll, you know, like... <laughs> <laughs> it's just because they just see it as such a huge thing to have a, a supportive husband, which it is. It's a huge thing, but it's also a huge thing to take the leap as well. You know, so I think quitting your day job, it's a huge one. It could have been number one, but outsourcing, we just love it so much. It was number one. <laughs> because even if, because let's just put it this way, even if you do have a day job still, and this is your side hustle, something's got to give like you, it is okay to know that you can't do everything. And I think that's the biggest thing I've learned. And I've talked about this on the podcast, um, is that but it was okay for me to outsource some things instead of feeling like I'm failing at cleaning the house, you know, or things that like, how do you balance like housewife duties and CEO duties and mom duties and everything in between. So just knowing that certain things could be outsourced and this is coming from somebody who had full-time employees. And now I've been able to outsource a lot of the stuff that I do as to part-time contractors. So finding ways to save that money and that's allowed, you know, more time in my day. It makes you feel more normal too. Like when you're around other people that have a plan to quit their job and it's not like this big shocking thing and they have an exit plan as well, they know their numbers, they're achieving really great big things. Then it makes you feel like, hey, I have permission to quit my job and it's actually better than me working for at my job. It's kind of like, you know how people say I'm staying at home because daycare would be so extreme for like four kids. It's the same thing you're losing money by being at your day job at some point. That's when you make the shift. Totally. Okay. So number three, the number three transformation that we've seen is that our clients that have been in our masterminds have been able to grow their sales through diversifying platforms. So Mina, if you wanted to chat on that one. This is like my favorite thing out of everything that we do is multiple platforms because I see them as like multiple streams of income or multiple streams of revenue. And it 
alleviate so much stress. So when you're diversifying and getting onto those different platforms, that, that initial barrier of getting onto them is definitely um, what holds people back sometimes. But when you get on a whole bunch of them, I think of it as like an octopus. Those are all funnels coming into your bottom line and all those multiple platforms. And then when you have somebody that's telling you, here's how to get onto this platform and here's how to get onto this other platform, it's like my favorite way to grow people's businesses because it's a really concrete way of showing what works for their product and what doesn't. So for our clients, some amazing transformations that they've had as they've diversified their platforms. I mean, one is Amazon. So that's sort of the, the unknown out there for people. They kind of, they know Amazon exists. They buy everything on Amazon, but they don't know how to get there or if it's even the right platform for their business. So we've actually had a couple of clients put their, their businesses on Amazon and they're doing really well. I actually have a client that it's one of her top performing platforms is Amazon. We also have clients that have done these slash sale sites. Um, we have clients that are getting more visible by doing trade shows. They, it's, we have, a we've done an entire sort of thing on the different platforms, like all different ways you can sell. So the traditional and non-traditional ways, and they're all different. So we have a client that goes to trade shows, like fun, gifty boutique trade shows and how she can actually connect with her customers at these trade shows and how to benefit from whether she's making sales there or if she's collecting their information and getting their email addresses. We also have clients that we've told to stop going to these types of trade shows, like the little like pop-up boutiques where it's not in line with her brand or her brand avatar. So she's been building out actually being able to sell on Amazon or I'm sorry, you know, sell on Instagram and people are clicking on her pieces on Instagram and she's really building that out. So I think the coolest thing is seeing people go push themselves into these other directions and make, you know, it's kind of a little bit uncomfortable, but finding other ways to sell because you've been selling one way and now how else can we get you more sales? Like where else can you be selling? Whether it's e-commerce or um, flash sale sites, or you're building a relationship with an actual retailer and selling to a retailer. Yeah. The number one struggle that we get from everybody is that they have trouble with sales. Like they want to make more sales, but what that really translates to is that they don't have enough traffic. So you need to initially go where the traffic is and that's where these different platforms come in. Um, Jack and I have been onto tons and tons of platforms, traditional and non-traditional. So we can kind of guide you in making those first hurdle jumps and getting you onto the right platform and then being able to tell you, hey, is this working or is it not working? Sometimes you don't know when to stop, you know, you don't know when like the next trade show is going to be the last trade show because it's not giving the giving you the ROI you're thinking you're just investing at that point, right? So I think that really helps because it helps you diversify your revenue, but on top of it, it helps you evaluate it too. Yeah. Exactly. And so, and you know, and this isn't probably one of our top tens, but we've actually helped a couple of people decide that they weren't going to continue their businesses or they weren't going to continue investing into this business because it just wasn't working. And I think that's invaluable. And, and part of the valuable part of working with us, it's like they get, they weren't at that point or maybe they were, and they get to that point eventually through working with us because they realize like, you know what, this isn't doing it. I have this other idea or, they're going to focus somewhere else in their life. And I think that's, you know, I mean, that's so important because at one, 
a big question we get from people sometimes is when do I pull the plug? We're, you know, you've heard episodes where I've been like, I'm going to throw all my cuffs in the trash. I mean, it's like, no, wait, there's other ideas. (laughs) (laughs) So I think, you know, um, having those ideas, testing those ideas from the community and from two expert coaches, and then making a, like an educated decision. Cause sometimes you just feel backed up against a wall or with nowhere to go. Yeah. Bottom line, um, Jack and I are not really helping you make more sales, which we are. That is true. We are, but we're helping you get to your own idea of what you want from your life. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the times we're working through transitions, whether that may be to help you streamline your home life or work out a different transition. Sometimes it's just to clear the path on where you want to go because you don't know how to get there and you need the permission in a way and you don't realize it, that it's okay to let it go. It's okay to pivot. It's okay to put that on the back burner and just focus somewhere else in life because you know what? We all want to live the life we want to live. And so that's really our goal all the time is looking at the broad, big picture of your life and not so much just those little tiny little things that happen in life. Also, we've had babies born during our masterminds um, where these babies are older and sitting up now. <laughs> but, um, but also helping those soon-to-be moms identify whether they were going to put a pause on the business or were, how they were going to prep for the business prior to baby coming so that they could enjoy that time. Because if they were first-time moms, it was a question of like they didn't even realize how much time they wouldn't have, you know, even to shower, let alone have a business and check emails and update your Instagram. So... Yeah. So one of the ways we do that is we show up as rough looking as we possibly can. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. I was just saying that because sometimes that is the case. Uh, Hair up, half down, half up, maybe brushed. This is what it looks like to have a successful business. Real life. Okay. (laughs) With two kids. Um, Mina, by the way, we were recording, we were batch recording podcasts today and she keeps changing her background because she's got like her cute background in her office and now she's moved into one of her kids' rooms. It's awesome. So it's like, you know, you just do what you got to do and you move around the house as you need to. Yeah. My husband had to get ready for, he also works part-time as a pharmacist, his real job. I don't know why I call it his real job because he has a real job at home too. He didn't go to college for that one. He has a lot of learning. Yeah. Off location. Yeah. He had to get ready for that. So then I was like, I'm going to move in to my daughter's room. And so each time I pop up, I'm in like a different room and Jacqueline just enjoys the behind the scenes. I get to see all parts of your house. (laughs) So number four in the top 10 transformations of people who have been in our masterminds is that they have been able to re- launch their brands. And when we see relaunch their brands, it's in a lot of ways. Um, it's in maybe relaunching their website and aligning their brand, their, the look and aesthetic of their brand. It might be about their packaging, but there's something off usually, or there's something not aligned with their customer avatar and their product and their price point that when they have a lot of eyes on it. So not only Mina and mine, where Mina comes from a, you know, a graphic design background. And so she has like these superpowers that I only dream and wish I could have to looking at something and then being able to identify, okay, this doesn't really align with what you're saying is your customer avatar or your price point's really high and your website's kind of janky. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a horrible way of saying it. <laughs> and we don't say that to clients. Don't worry. But... <laughs> No, but we, you get the idea. Um, basically, you could do a little bit and look more professional. And, you know, Jacqueline brings up my superpowers of my graphic design background. A lot of times when I'm talking to people about, hey, here's what you could do. 
it's simple things that can be done. Add a sticker, use this, check out this resource. It's super specific. So I just give them the steps and they're like, oh, that sounds so much easier than in my mind, I made it into this big grand thing. Though I do think it's a huge thing to relaunch your brand because I've seen people who, who do this and they don't even announce it. They don't you know, leverage it in any sort of way. They don't make it fun at all, you know? And I think that there's, you need to give some sort of acknowledgement to relaunching your brand. Um, I've seen people relaunch their website and then they're like, oh, people launch their, relaunch their websites all the time. So I'm not going to mention anything, anything about it. And they just tried to do a kind of a, a secret transition. But I do think that if when you relaunch your brand, if it's a true relaunch, then you should acknowledge it and invite your customers and your clients into that experience. So I think that just depends on the, the specific brand and how much you're reshaping it. But I think it's a great way to create a promotion. So here's some really cool things that our clients have done. Some of them have sort of refigured out their, their hang tags. Let's say they were in startup, startup mode. They might've at that point just been figuring out what the the packaging and branding look like. So I'm going to say they just even launched their brand and they sent us samples or gifts and we were able to sort of experience the entire product and give feedback on it. Um, so being able to sort of say like, oh, maybe this needs, you know, not this tagging gun, but maybe a string with a safety pin. And we were able to kind of focus. One huge thing that we do in our group, which is so crazy, valuable, important. And we saw such amazing results was when we were first, everybody meets each other through the Facebook group. It's a private Facebook group for the masterminders. They actually go and look at each other's websites. So not only do they do an intro video of who they are and what their brand is, then they, they go on websites and we give feedback on the website. Such valuable knowledge dropped in some of those first feedback, um, you know, Facebook posts, because it was things that maybe even Mina and I couldn't identify right away, but then having people from all these different backgrounds, all those different like shopping patterns, everybody was in different places. We've had people in the UK, we have people all over the States, you know, there's clients in so many places that, um, they have these different experiences and giving that feedback. And so in that, it was able to help direct or like and create the motion that needed to move forward for what clients were going to do next for their brand. We have clients that came to us that in their head thought their brand looked one way and what we saw looked another way. And we were able to help connect what they were actually putting out there with maybe like who their avatar truly was versus what they thought they should be presenting. This episode was brought to you by our new mastermind program, Holiday to Halo. You get the guidance of both myself and Jacqueline as your coaches inside an amazing group of fellow product-based business owners. Starting in September, we'll be getting a head start and ramping up to make a big impact on sales for the Cyber Five, which is Thanksgiving through Cyber Monday. Then on to Christmas revenue strategy and to boost your growth into the new year, We'll be setting your business up for Halo sales into Q1. We would love for you to join us. Go to theproductboss.com slash mastermind for more information. Packaging has been improved. New packaged products have been created where they're, they've built on these products. They've changed their logo. They might have changed their color. They might have added a sticker like Mina said. Little, little things that have just skyrocketed the business because again, first impressions are a lot. They're pretty much everything if you're getting a customer and you really want to sell that person when they get their, their package, your product, and they open it up.
Yeah, that's what's really nice about that website exercise is that you get a combined first impression from all these different people from different perspectives. But the thing that really makes it powerful is the fact that Jacqueline and I are there to say he or she is not actually your ideal client or your avatar because it really does make a difference, you know, taking that initial impression, but then you have to make sure that you're not taking that completely and being like, I'm going to shift it to this one person's perspective because is that person your ideal customer that you want to convert? So it's really thinking about the intention behind it and really you're able to take that data, those first impressions, and then utilize it to your best advantage by making your website better, you know, and not janky. (laughs) (laughs) So Mina, thanks for saying that because um, it's true. So we are also, you guys are going to get, you probably do get a lot of feedback your mom, (laughs) your cousin, your uncle, your best friend, your not friend, your hairdresser, whoever it is, everyone's going to sort of tell you something. Oh, you should sell it here. Oh, you should do it like this. We obviously have experience in it and we're going to give you ideas, but it's also going to be needing to be aligned with your customer and where you're at and your life that you want to live. And so making sure that that's all aligned and that it's okay. And so again, like Mina said, you might get feedback from someone saying they don't really like that, but they might not be your customers. It's something to take. You take all this feedback with a grain of salt and then you make the right decision for your business. So if someone's like, oh no, you have to change all of your packaging and all of your branding and all of this and all of that, we're also anti-spending all of your money. So we'll kind of, we'll, we'll adjust it and say, okay, let's start here. Let's start with a smaller investment into the smaller change. See how that is. See if that increases your sales. Now, what can you do? Yeah. One of the decisions that somebody was throwing out within the group was, do you like this plum color or do you like this purple color? And then everybody threw in their decisions and she was going to switch to whichever color they had chosen. But I said to her, we're not your ideal avatar. So you making this big decision on an entire collection based off of one color, this could be completely, totally wrong. So it's really looking at the each situation and, and walking each other through it. But really, you know, you have that support, you have that feedback, and it's so nice to be able to talk to somebody about the difference of plum and purple, because <laughs> you're not going to be able to get that from anybody else, what you should do, and, and then feel normal about having that conversation. That's <laughs> true. So number five in our top 10 of transformations that we've seen in our masterminds is they're increased, they've increased their visibility. This is huge. And this is in so many ways. So one of our biggest things, there's two questions people ask us, how do we get more sales and how do we increase our visibility? And oftentimes people think visibility, if they get more visibility, they'll get more sales. Not always the case, but visibility doesn't always mean what you think it means. Yeah. Visibility doesn't always convert. So it might not translate into sales, but it could convert in different ways. Like you could have an amazing connection. You could have um, some exposure. It's like, um, I think it was Amanda Berlin that said that when you show up on TV, it does not convert to any sales, right? So let's say you contact your local you know, news network and you're on there and I'm talking about labels or something and getting organized. Well, I'll probably make zero sales from there, but it boosts up my resume like you would not believe. So that's my return on investment, right? The time that I put into that TV show and prepping for that and all that stuff is that extra clout that I'm getting. So visibility might translate to something else instead of sales. So I think that really is a difference, but we've seen people get some good visibility connections. 
So a couple of things that we've seen that are kind of awesome <laughs> are um, we do have some clients that their budgets are higher and they've hired social media managers for all sorts of platforms. So, you know, boosting their Instagram presence, their Pinterest, um, Facebook ads, Amazon promotions, that sort of thing. And if you can afford it and you're doing it the right way, then, and, and they've worked with us on what to promote. So specifically, you can blow all your money across all your items, or you can work with us and we'll sort of tell you and help direct you to where you're going to spend the money. Um, and so there, there are thousands, I mean, thousands and thousands of new followers. We have another client that has really been working on her Instagram and through connecting with influencers, but these influencers are not the big ones. It's not a Chrissy Teigen or a Kardashian. They are smaller influencers that are willing to communicate with you and, and, um, work with you for really for free product. And she's like, I think one of the posts, she got 500 new followers, I think within 24 hours of somebody who only had maybe like 15,000 followers because those 15,000 followers, that influencer, those are 15,000 true followers. They care about what she's wearing and what she's doing. And they're going to take action on what she kind of says. And so she saw this huge bump. We have another client that, um, through visibility, so again, not social media, but actually through doing live events, she was sponsoring events. She was a part of, she was a fashion line, um, a part of events, doing little runway shows, really being visible in her community, like her immediate community, um, of the town that she lives in and the things that happen there. And it's a bigger town. It's like, um, not like a Chicago, but you know, like a, like a capital of a, of a state, <laughs> that things are happening. And, <laughs> and so she does a ton more, she tends to a ton of events and someone happened to be at that event who happens to be a stylist for a real housewife. And they were like, Oh, this housewife's going to love this. And she ended up doing a customized thing for this housewife. And then the housewife loves it so much that it's, you know, they're, they're growing their relationship and there's potential to keep growing. And so that was being physically visible, like live in person and networking with people. Yeah, I do want to say, um, uh, I want to touch on what you were saying about micro-influencers and how those smaller influencers, we had somebody that was giving away free products that it was not returning anything. And that was because her influencers that she was working with, the little ones, were not tagging her properly. properly. They were not doing the right mentions. So we basically helped her clean up her guidelines of working with them. So that way she can really test if they can give her a return on investment or if she just needs to move on to working with somebody else for that particular thing. So either way, it just, it gives you a infrastructure really of this mysterious working with influencers. Um, and then you're able to really say, here's what we want. Here's our brand. Here's our guidelines. I know there's guidelines where people are like, no bathroom shots or whatever, you know, like maybe that's not in your brand or whatever. So like even things like that, where you think about your brand and you think about the words that exemplify who you are, it's really easy just to give them all one sheet and say, here's what we're all about. Do you want to be a part of it? And this is what I'd like in exchange and in holding them accountable for it. Um, and so, yeah, I think just in, in typical growth that people think visibility, um, growing Instagram followers, Facebook groups, being on podcasts, you know, um, being visible, doing runway shows, 
or product-based shows, just increasing their visibility to be known as the person to go to for X. And it doesn't have to be global. It doesn't have to be, you know, countrywide. It could be within your city to start. And it could be about like you being visible as a entrepreneur based business in your town and starting to get people to know about that and that people are backing businesses that are local. Yeah. And even if you aren't the face of your brand, I feel like I'm not very visible, especially locally. I have this weird thing where I don't want to be known on the street. Like I don't want people coming up to me like, Hey, are you the little labels lady or whatever? (laughs) Triple L, <laughs> but I, um, but I'm very visible because of the platforms I choose. So we just let you flip that, you know, around a little to see what path of visibility you want to do. You know, it might just be making connections, one-on-one connections, or whatever. So um, I think that's a really good one. We've seen people really think about visibility in a different way. Yeah, their Amazon searchability, what page they're on in a Google search, and like really cleaning up the SEO and search terms. Um, And that also comes to niching down on their avatar and, and getting really clear on who they're selling to. So number six, that we've seen uh, in these transformations is that our clients have built better relationships with their people. And when I say their people, their people could be their sales reps, it could be their customers, and it could also be their manufacturers. So no matter what, they've been, they've learned to hold boundaries. They've learned to listen to what they need to listen to and let go of the other stuff. And they've actually connected and built these relationships that they were actually able to negotiate better prices and deals and time turnarounds and all the things that go with manufacturing a product um, by building a better relationship. Yeah, I think this one is where systems come in. Uh, We know a lot about systems just through manufacturing a ton on our own. And so like we have directed people in like, hey, you should ask your manufacturer about packaging and here's how you do it. Kind of push them where they're like, hey, you should see if now that you've built this relationship with your manufacturer, if they're willing to cut your minimum order quantity or any of those things where we've really seen them take their relationship to the next level where those manufacturers or salespeople become part of their team. Because no matter what, we're a team. So I say this about product-based businesses. You know, it takes like sometimes 10 hands or 10 different people's hands to make a product, all the different steps, like whether it's the material to actually making the product, to the packaging, to the shipping. There's so many people involved in every aspect of making something. So ultimately, we're all a team. We're all looking to build our businesses. So whether it's your manufacturer or yourself, Everyone wants more business and they want to keep these relationships going. Um, so yeah, I think seeing our, some of our clients have like traveled abroad to meet with their contractors and said, Hey, I want to still work with you, but I need smaller minimums. I need your turnaround time to be quicker. I need to pay you less. I'd like you to build the prototyping into the production fees. Um, other clients, there was a client that, uh, for packaging, her pieces, like if it was a three pack or a seven pack, she was able to negotiate down like how many pieces were put into a pack or, or instead of her packaging everything that the packages went to the manufacturer and the manufacturer packaged it for her. So that took, that's part of outsourcing. That took a huge part, a thing off her plate of, you know, stuffing hundreds and hundreds of pieces into these bags. In a lower cost. <laughs> yeah. Too. So I think that's one of the other things that we see is that since we've worked with a lot of manufacturers, we know when you're overpaying, substantially overpaying for something. So I see a lot of people who pay a dollar for stickers and I think that that's just insane. You know, a dollar per sticker and that's in your cost of goods 
too much, you know? So like even things like that where we're able to break down the numbers and think, okay, what's a different manufacturer and how have they done it differently where you're able to bring you all your costs down and then make it, you make your life easier too. And we also have clients that have done a lot of like food, food product. They've, they cook, they hire industrial kitchens. They have kitchens by the hour. Uh, there's a certain amount of time they have to spend there, what they're able to make and they batch. They literally have to batch things out because it's disposable um, because of the shelf life. And so it's also sort of navigating that for them who, you know, it's even combining two and saying like, do you guys want to share a kitchen and, and build that time in together? So the relationship with your people, your people are so many types of people. They're the people who keep your business moving forward. They're the people that hold you up. And, um, I'd actually also probably say like building a better relationship with like your spouse, your significant other, your partner, um, making sure that, everybody's kind of on the same page because you need that support to keep going in this business. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I want to do, which I heard that I can't remember who does this, but he owns separate seven figure businesses. Right. And he was saying how he gets a one page audit from each of those people that he works with. That would be really cool. I would love a one page audit on my social media and one page audit on my inventory and all that stuff. He's built that in. So weekly, he's getting like seven sheets of all the different systems. Um, so eventually that's on my to-do list, which I have in my 90-day plan of having a one-sheeter. But that would be nice like for the people that I hire because I actually do get that from, from my Pinterest scale. Every month, she gives me an audit on the previous 30 days. Then I see that there's actual progress. And it's not me who's producing those audits. It's the other people. And I'm just evaluating which is yeah. my role as CEO, you know? So I think that's really important too, is like, it would be nice if the manufacturer would do that too. Or if somebody, maybe your VA could take all the invoices from your manufacturer, put it into a one page audit and then see if you're spending more money than usual that month. So I think that's, I think that's such a good point. So, um, as you get higher up in your company, as your company scales and grows, and we also work with, you know, multiple six figure, seven figure businesses that are at that point that they have, you know, sales teams, they have people working within their factories, like people shipping, you know, they're really like in the creative role. So no matter where you start, like if you're doing it all, um, if you're employing your family members for free, or if you start to pay them or you start to hire people outside, it's also just helping you building a better relationship, I guess, is also for yourself. So, um, I have a client who she feels like her assistant like she works for her assistant. She's like, I'm constantly going around her schedule. She's going on vacation. So I'm trying to align with her vacation and da, 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 da. And it's like listening to that and some things you can tolerate when you're by yourself. But if you have somebody to bounce this feedback off of, it's like, well, how about this? If you don't want to get rid of her, let's have her do this. Can she have access to your office while you're on vacation, but she's not to hit these goals? When you say about these audits, when you get back, if she's going on vacation that next week, can she give you a list of all the things she did and things that need to happen still that you can then pick up? So it's systemizing and, um, and, and also tolerating, like you don't have to tolerate all of these things. It's a big lesson to learn because at some point you're like just grateful for the help you're getting. And some people are better at it than others. And they're like, Oh, you're fired. Oh, don't need you. Oh, moving on to the next person. Yeah. This is how you evaluate if you should hire an agency too, right? If your people is an agency, agencies are expensive. And if they can give you an audit and you see that there's, they're draining all this money and they're not giving you the ROI, maybe it's time to switch to a different agency that 
better knows what they're doing for a specific thing. Mm-hmm. And that's, and, and not something we can build into like, um, the, to see if there's a return on your investment and, and to basically ch- do check-ins like quarterly. And that's why our mastermind is six months because it's going to go over two quarters and there's some significant quarters. So we're actually going to start, you know, in, in Q3, we're going to end in Q1. So it's actually three quarters really. Um, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah. counting on my tail, fingers. Tail end of September. <laughs> I call it the head start, but I don't really count that as a quarter. It's only one month and it's not even the whole month, you know? But it's kind of to assess where we are and mm-hmm. then where we need to be and what, what, what we want to accomplish. Um, so just knowing your numbers, I mean, cause I'll ask people, well, what percentage of your sales is this or how much does that cost you or how many, what's your highest selling item in color and da, da, da. And they can't even tell you that. So if you don't have people yet, we need to, figure out these systems so that when you do are able to hire people, you can tell them what, what reports you need. So to reiterate that point, the people that transformed the most were the ones that really built a better relationship with their people was the, was the top list that we were talking about. (laughs) (laughs) The number seven is niched down. So we saw clients niche down and that transformed their businesses immensely. They might've, I mean, you could throw a bunch of things against the wall. You have a ton of products, a ton of colorways, a ton of SKUs. You can have one product in a million colors. And our question back to our clients is, well, what's selling? What can you grow? Like what is doing really well and how do we approve upon that? And Mina, I know like so much of your business, your business is based on just a couple of items and you niche down and then how you grow on those items. Yeah. I only have three products, clothing labels, bottle labels, which I call them seal and stick, and then uh, date labels, three products, and that's it. And then everything else is a variation of those things. Um, So I'm really, really niching down. But uh, one of the points I wanted to say is that the main thing that people are paying Jacqueline and I for, believe it or not, it's not expertise. It's not the number one thing. (laughs) It is focus on accountability. So they're paying us for the focus and the accountability of niching down to what works us kind of guiding them to that point and then us basically leveraging it to make more sales or get onto more platforms or do better with that bit of data, you know? So it's really about focusing and niching and, and getting the, the best out of the best. Cause we have clients, um, just to back up back into some clothing, but I have clients that are doing really well with like a particular item, like a, like a t-shirt. And then they want to branch out into denim jackets and sweatshirts and leggings and all these other things. And it's like, has your customer told you that they need that, that they want that? Because you as the business owner might be bored. You might be excited about something new. You might want to add that to your business, but has the customer given you feedback that they're going to actually buy that? Cause you're going to have to make a huge investment into creating this new product. And is there a need in your market as you kind of diversify? If there is awesome, let's help you do it. If there's not, let's stay focused. Let's build what you're doing. Like Mina has three products and this woman has built an empire off of three products. I just want you guys to take that in and think about it. If you're, and it's not an expensive product either. It's not like she's selling like those vacuums that walk around the house by themselves. <laughs> that would be amazing. They're so expensive. <laughs> I have not bought one, but those are expensive for what they are. And she's built this huge business because she's super niched down. And so it's just kind of keeping you focused. And like Mina said, accountable. So we don't, we, you make whatever decision you want to make. If we tell you, mm, we don't think you should do that and you do it. 
great. We'll support you through that. And, or it might be like, you know what? Thank you for bringing that up. I was, you know, I was on the fence and I might wait on that for a minute. I think it's also pointing out like what stage people are in. I think that a lot of our people are in, are in startup or growth where it makes more sense to focus and niche down. But let's say that that t-shirt company wanted to add on a different line when they're in expansion, which is like the, you know, maturity expansion. Basically it's like creating a sister company or something because you're creating this entirely different product, which drops you down for that particular product into startup nearly. There's no research behind it. Nobody has asked for it. You're basically starting all over on that one line because it's so outside of your brand. But you can do that in expansion because this is why TJ Maxx has home goods. And but, home sense, my new Yeah, home store. sense. Yeah. <laughs> so it's basically expanding to a different like horizontal rather than, you know, going deeper into your own products. But, you know, that's in a whole different stage when you have the money to burn and you can pull the data from what you're already doing and then also kind of use what you already know. So I think that's for a whole different stage. And, um, you know, because low labels probably will, won't stay the way it is. I, I'll, I'll need to compete on a whole different level just to get to a whole nev- different level. Right. You know, so I think that's, the thing is we've seen people niche down and do really well because in that startup stage is when you're trying to do so much and you get so distracted by so many things that sometimes you just, all you have to do is focus in instead of focus out, you know? A hundred percent. I totally agree. And like the home goods example. So TJ Maxx always had a little bit of home stuff, right? Mm -hmm. Then home goods came and home goods had all home stuff, no clothing. Mm-hmm. And then Home Sense basically built off of what they saw. People were actually buying furniture and lights and, and chairs. And so Home Sense turned into, um, you know, more like bigger furniture. You'll go there for patio furniture. Sometimes they have barbecues, you know, um, living room furniture, actual furniture in that, in that model. And so um, they do it like that. But guess what? They also have buyers. Like they're physical. They're actual buyers that buy from people like you and I, if we had a furniture company, they might buy like 20 of this one chest of drawers and send them out to eat one a piece to each of their different stores as closeouts. So number eight is kind of on, in line with everything you're saying, but the number eight transformation that we've seen is that our clients in our masterminds have made smarter investments. Just more educated and smarter investments. And so when they've chosen to place their money somewhere, they had the knowledge, they had feedback, they had thought about it before they actually dropped that cold, hard cash on the table and invested in something else. Yeah. All of our, um, us included, right? right, We're grassroots bootstrapped. Like we don't have (laughs) tons of money to burn in like trade shows and the things that are so hefty in cost and investment. So I think when you some things are worth it just because if you look at it at a whole, they might be, but you're able to really make that decision and know that it's an investment. And then you're able to like squeeze every ounce of value out of it because you have other people to kind of evaluate it with. Yeah. It's like a toothpaste. Um, like, you know, when you've got the full toothpaste, you're squeezing it out. And then when you're at the very end, you're like working it and working it. You'll make that toothpaste last weeks. <laughs> right. And so it's like, we don't want you to spend all of your money. We, we want you 
keep some of your money. We want you to save it. We want you to have enough to invest into new product lines. We want you to have enough to support your family, take a vacation if you want to, whatever it is. And so it is an investment to work in a mastermind. It's an investment to work with coaches, but it's, it's an investment that will have greater reward and return than some of the mistakes where you might drop a lot of money. So we have clients, you know, think about how much time it takes for you to leave your house. If you've got kids, you need a sitter. Um, if you're working in your business, how much do you technically make per day? And if you're going to go out and do a trade show or be somewhere, we want you to be making that money that you need to be making, not wasting it. And trade shows like in fashion, you could spend five to $10,000 on a booth to do a trade show. And obviously we've got clients that are spending $500 for these like pop-up shops. Um, what else have we seen people? E-courses. Those aren't always working for people. Like a lot of people are dropping like at least $1,000 a pop on these e-courses that they don't really ever get through and there's no one to hold them accountable. Um, so at least within our group, there's a whole community holding everybody accountable and adding and helping and having conversations outside of our group. Like we have relationships that were formed between people in our groups that they're able to meet each other. They vox or each other. There's all sorts of relationships that they're making that they're supporting each other outside of our community. Um, sales reps, I think is a good one. Mm -hmm. You know, people have spent tons of money on hiring sales reps that didn't pan out, let's say various things like that they think they need right now that yeah. they don't. <laughs> yeah. Like one big thing that we talked on about a lot when we did the um, subscription boss podcast was boxes and what it goes in and, and, you know, people like things that people are putting in their packages and how they're packaging it. Well, not all of it's necessary. And also they might've, you know, done their Google search and found a box and found a price and decided to invest in it or not invest in it. And then if you work with us, cause we so freely give away information, <laughs> Nina has got like a list of five to 10 box vendors that you can just contact. And she's kind of done the sourcing and she tells you like, here, here are all your prices. It's all the exact same thing. You get it for like 50% less than what you're paying for this box. Yeah. That was really to show people that quotes are not the same. Like go to so many different manufacturers and you'll get so many different quotes. Mm -hmm. So definitely smarter investments just by being knowledgeable. The money that you don't waste and spend on something, you could actually be putting towards something else. So number nine in um, our list of transformations is that people have worked on their content and they've connected their content to their ideal avatar and into their social media platforms that they're working on. So this is something that we're going to touch on in our mastermind. We're working at, we're going to do a whole podcast episode on cycle. Um, and content is the first part of that acronym for cycle. And what we want you to do is we just want to make sure that you're connecting with your customer, um, your ideal customer that you're niching down and that you're speaking to them across all platforms and wherever you're focusing your time and your cash. And, you know, if you're hiring someone or if you're, you're doing it yourself. Yeah. Connecting with your avatar is really important. It's just all about consistency and knowing what your brand message is, but it's hard to get to that brand message because we're starting from ground zero. You know, you have no idea that who your avatar really looks like. You have a general idea, but you learn through like the types of people that are buying and then you don't get to that point. It's like the chicken and the egg, you know? So it's just making sure that you're connecting with them on numerous occasions and across all social media. 
Because if you're speaking to everyone, you're speaking to no one. So if you could really get tight on who you are creating this content for and connecting with them on it, then you'll really be able to sell to them. So we had a client that was making a product, like a home good type product, and her product wasn't being interpreted. People didn't understand the, the, the home product that it was. They thought it was what was being made out of it. It was like a um, food product. And there was a disconnect. So if she showed up and increased her visibility, people still didn't necessarily know what they were buying. And she also didn't necessarily know how to pitch and talk about her product and this learning curve. And so it was really honing in and identifying and, and calling out sort of like the issues within the mastermind, all of the issues that people saw or wanted to point out to her. Because when you're so close, you're so close to your product, you don't necessarily see what everyone else sees. And so by getting that feedback, it helped her really identify how to going back to niche it down and then to make these, these connections with her avatars and uh, with her, with her customer avatar and then sell directly to that person and what they actually needed. Yeah. It makes it so clear. Mm-hmm. So last but not least is we've seen our clients celebrate the little wins. So this one, we kept it last because we thought it was so important because you know what? Seems like nobody's celebrating their wins. You know, we get so caught up in it and we forget to think about like the evaluation time of all the major things we've done and minor things we've done. We do a lot in such a little bit of time. Cause that mindset, that mindset is tricky. And we all have like our, you know, the things that we have, whether it's a money mindset or a success mindset or whatever it is, it's hard to overcome. And sometimes it is hard to see the little wins because like it's inch by inch, you know, something happens, something every day happens that's positive. And we bring that to the front and so many, I mean, we would meet every other week and some of these wins were gigantic and they made such mad moves really like on, you know, Oh, I, uh, I contacted a website developer and they've actually redesigned my website and it's up now in two weeks when it might've taken them, you know, months to do it on their own, but they knew they were coming back. They were checking in because what we also didn't talk about at the end of our calls, we talk about our goals. So we set goals for two weeks. And so when we meet at the beginning, we talk about, did you meet your goals? There's no judgment if you didn't, but you know, you have to answer to somebody. So a lot of people like the fact that they're being held accountable. And then also what were your wins and just like incredible successes happen. So let's think of some, a couple of the wins that we thought were, I think a lot of the wins were just the ones that we uh, mentioned already, like, you know, even outsourcing, the hiring process is long and it is boring. So even hiring somebody on, that was- Or we had a client that was like, she pointed behind and she's like, look, no kids, because the kids are with the sitter. (laughs) Like that was a big deal for her. (laughs) And then also just like getting the initial um, tools purchased, you know, like to repurpose content or to um, get social media done, things that would alleviate just those little bits of time that you just like, oh, just do it later. I'll just do it later. Then they were actually, you know, coming and saying, hey, I hired somebody to do this, but I initially set up the system or the tool for them to be able to use it because I'm not going to be doing the executing. So I think that was a big one as well. We saw it tons and tons and tons is the initial legwork of something that they needed to do. So the little wins are really big wins in the end. And, you know, after the six months that our clients have spent with us in their masterminds, we've seen such dramatic transformations in their business. But 
as we discussed in certain aspects too. Some of them have done all of the things and some have done some of the things, but no matter what, it's, imp it's improved their personal life. It's improved their relationships. It's improved their business. It's improved their sales. And we have been so honored to work with them and have this new community. And we consider each of them our friends because we are on Facebook, in our groups, chatting. Um, each mastermind has its own personal like VIP community where it's a tight um, knit group of people and they're able to, like we said, share the wins, share the downs, but mainly share the wins and, and help support each other and bring each other up. So we want to personally invite you to apply to be in our Holiday to Halo Mastermind that starts in September. Doors will be closing at the end of August, and we only have a few spots left. And so if you would like to join our mastermind and work with Mina and myself and really just make your business grow and boom, and also hopefully in six months, see what your transformations have been, we invite you to join by clicking on the link that we have put down in our show notes. Yeah. And hopefully what you do will make the next top 10 list or Q1, or actually it would be end of Q1 that we could do one of these again. It would be amazing to see the difference. We're, we're so excited. We're so excited to see the transformations. We're so excited about the people that the businesses that have already signed up to be a part of this group. It is going to be an incredible new season for our masterminds and we can't wait to work with you. So we invite you all to join us and let's build together. Thanks everyone. This episode was brought to you by our new mastermind program, Holiday to Halo. You get the guidance of both myself and Jacqueline as your coaches inside an amazing group of fellow product-based business owners. Starting in September, we'll be getting a head start and ramping up to make a big impact on sales for the Cyber Five, which is Thanksgiving through Cyber Monday. Then onto Christmas revenue strategy. And to boost your growth into the new year, we'll be setting your business up for Halo sales into Q1. We would love love for you to join us. Go to theproductboss.com slash mastermind for more information.